1: Say They've had too much to drink Peter said these men are not drunk as she's supposed He, suppose he come the Preaching And the will began to flow They call our pain in bed and, and what shall we do? Repent and be baptized Every one of you Ah, ah, You see that Spoken by the prophet Joe Oh, oh, oh You see that Spoken by the prophet Joe Said, Lord, hey, it's been 2,000 years and the wind's still blowing, the rain's still falling, and the well still flowing. The promise hasn't ended, you can't dispute the facts. The fire still burning, just like the book of Acts. He fills you with the Spirit, you will speak with other tongues. That's still the way that the Holy Ghost comes. Ha, 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 This is it. This is it. by the prophet
2: Everyone. This really is Pastor Bob. The Tell It Like It Is Radio Show. I'm just trying to disguise my voice because of the extreme content of the program tonight. <laughs> Not really, I've got a cold. Good to have you with. We were postponed if you didn't notice that. We uh there was a football game that was being aired on our the radio station we come on. We come on a AM station. It's a oldies rock and roll sports talk station, and we're on this we, we came i didn 't really want to be on a Christian station when we started this nineteen years ago, and um just for outreach purposes and so on, but anyway, once in a while, we do get postponed by a football game and which was true tonight and I uh, appreciate Rod for helping us out he got He got us on as fast as he could as soon as they said the final score we were on, and so i 'm glad to be on tonight if you 're tuning in for the very first time, Pastor Bob Simons pastor of the New Life Pentecostal Church in Dickinson, North Dakota. If you're listening online, this is a live broadcast, and so we are coming live. You can be part of this program by texting me, 701-290-7862. That's 701-290-7862. If you're out of the country, you can email me, robertsimons58 at gmail.com. Had a lot of people texting me wondering where we were, And I explained to them what was going on. I I believe Brother Duran's got me on Holy Ghost Radio now. And so I must be, I I believe if you're listening on Holy Ghost Radio, throw me that text and let me know that's how you're listening. You can listen live on our AM feed right here in Dickinson. This is the uh, established KDIX radio station right here in Dickinson or KDIX's website, kdix.net or... Uh, Holy Ghost Radio Channel Two. Those are the three ways that you can hear us. I'm going to greet any of the guys from the jail that are listening to me, to me tonight. We had a good service today, and I talked to them about uh, what I'm going to talk about tonight and what I talked about in our church service today. So I'm just going to kind of keep going with the topic that I'm I'm talking about. The um, some of what I uh, some of what I felt led to talk about had to do with an article I read this. Past week, about an attack on a lady named Karen Pence—that's Vice President Pence's wife. She was attacked in the media because she resumed teaching part-time uh, an art class for elementary students at Emmanuel Christian School in, in Springfield, Virginia. But groups like the Human Rights Campaign and the American Civil Liberties Union are are are, are really knocking the second lady because the school holds to a Christian view of sexuality. Its code of conduct requires staff to live personal lives of moral purity, and its employment application lists homosexual or lesbian sexual activity as among the criteria that violates the job qualifications spelled out for employees. And so, um, and so they've been attacking Mrs. Pence, and I read an article in the uh, it was a, a CNN article, I believe, this week. It was a opinion ed about, I can't remember the guy's name that wrote it, but he really attacked Mrs. Pence, said she's hateful, she's hypocritical for teaching at a school like this. And I thought that was so interesting to me. Um, Very, very interesting to me that that people would say that. Uh, That's part of the reason that I'm going to do this broadcast tonight and why I've been talking about this all day. I'd like to turn your attention to Ezekiel 33, verses 7 through 11. And it says, So thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore thou shalt hear the word at my mouth and warn them from me. When I say unto the wicked, O wicked man, thou shalt surely die. If thou dost not speak to warn the wicked from his way, that wicked man shall die in his iniquity. But his blood will I require at thine hand. Nevertheless if thou warn the wicked of his way to turn from it and if he do not turn from his way he shall die in his iniquity but thou hast delivered thy soul therefore o son of man speak unto the house of israel thus ye speak saying if our transgressions and our sins be upon us and we pine away in them how shall we then live say i say unto them as i live saith the lord god i have no pleasure in the death of the wicked but that the wicked turn from his way and live. Turn ye, turn ye from your evil ways, for why will you die, O house of Israel? Ezekiel 33 verse 11 certainly is up there at the very top of one of my favorite scriptures. I know what the will of God is, and I know it's the will of God that no one dies and goes to hell, dies spiritually and goes to hell. It's not the will of God. You know this. Um, this verse is just one of several that say this, but I, this is such a gem in the book of Ezekiel, where he said, where God says, "I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live." Turn ye, turn ye from your evil ways. Now here's the deal, you guys, and this is what I'm talking about tonight. And the program will go to to about uh, ten fifteen tonight, or uh, excuse me, nine fifteen Mountain Time, because we started late. But the deal is, how can we turn from our wicked ways if we don't even know that we're wicked? And how can we know that we're wicked if nobody tells us what things please God and what things don't please God? And this, this, um, I started out with people calling Mrs. Pence hateful because she teaches at a school that won't allow teachers to be involved in homosexual behavior. But do you know this isn't something Mrs. Pence made up or that school made up. But this is straight out of the Bible. I want you to notice before, we're going to take a little break for a song here in just a minute, but in verse 7 of Ezekiel 33, two things. Number one, he told Ezekiel, Thou shalt hear the word at my mouth. And number two, And warn them from me. So number one, I'm not Ezekiel, but Pastor Bob, number one, I need to be speaking the word of God, rightly dividing the word of truth. And number two, I need to warn you from God so that you can be saved. This is the Tell It Like It Is show. Text me tonight, 701-290-7862. Got Abe playing music tonight.
3: Got paid, got my pocket full of money, Lord, I had it made I was looking for the dealer, he was looking for me But I still owed him money, getting high last week Said, give me a little more of that white cocaine He said, come on, cool, let's do it again I was too far gone Now way down south On the outskirts of town At a little country church They were getting down They were dancing and singing Praising the Lord They had their eyes toward heaven And their hands on the word Raising the roof You never heard such a clatter My mama said stop Daddy
4: said what's the matter
3: She said down in my soul I feel a aching Find ourselves together, need to intercede Cause a boy's in trouble, I can feel the pain So they dropped to their knees in Jesus' name The Holy Ghost fell like a rushing wind They were standing in the gap Gas for me. Well, I was cruising down the road doing 90 miles an hour, had the pedal to the middle when my soul caught fire. The power gun hit me, said, pull off the road, turn yourself around.
2: Bob, tell it like it is a show. We're going to get through this thing. Got the runny nose and the cough and the sneezy, sneezes. I don't get sick much, but uh, I got sick. People trying to call me right now, but I'm on the the air. I can't take calls. But anyway, uh, good to have you with us. Good to have you tuned in with us. You're listening to a live broadcast tonight. The title is Russian Roulette. We just read about Ezekiel where the Lord said that he said that that if the wicked man dies and is lost his blood is on his own hands but if we don't warn him then his blood is on our hands the old testament law is very interesting it it, uh, it not only in the old testament law was a personal resp- person responsible for his own actions he was also responsible for the wrong thing he might have prevented and the damage done by his carelessness or thoughtlessness. The Old Testament truly does teach that we are our brother's keeper. And uh, you can find it, it's weaved in through there all over. Deuteronomy 22 8 says, When you build a new house, you must build a railing around the edge of its flat roof. That way you will not be considered guilty of murder if someone falls from the roof. <laughs> in other words, like we are <coughs> responsible <coughs> to help others. You know, in the book of Exodus, it talks about if a man has a a, a a bull and that bull gets out and kills somebody, if that says the bull should be put to death. But if the bull was known to be dangerous and the owner had uh, failed to keep that bull under control and then it killed somebody, not only would the bull be killed, but the owner would be killed also. That's amazing. Really amazing stuff. You see, we part uh, I, I read this last week and I don't know anything about it was a Presbyterian pastor from California who was just fired. He he was just fired last week from his church in California for preaching a message called uh, Real Love Warns. Real Love Warns. And I believe that's true. I think his sermon he mentioned something about homosexuality. And he was warning people that this behavior was against what God wants. Now, here again, if you're listening to me and you're homosexual, which over the years I've had homosexual people text me on this program, I've always been respectful. And I'll tell you, most of them have been respectful to me, which I appreciate. But Pastor Bob does not hate homosexual people. Not even close. But I will tell you that the Bible says... That we've got to change our behavior in that area if we're going to be right with God. And I would not be a loving person if I didn't warn people about that. You know, uh, these these aren't things that I'm just making up because I have, you know, there are things that I don't like. Like, there are things I don't like. I don't uh, necessarily preach them, but there are things that I don't like. Like, uh, you know, for instance, I'm not an uh, indoor animal guy. I'm not, you know, I, I don't know. I, you know, I don't want a dog in my house. I always tell people when I get really old, I might have a cat in my house. You know, if it's like a short haired cat that doesn't, if my wife is still able to clean up the hair and stuff, but (laughs) I just, you know, I don't, I don't really, I don't want to slobber. That's not a sin to have a dog in your house. You see, I, I'm not going to get on the radio and just vent about everything that I don't like. There's a lot of things that I don't like but they're not wrong. I just don't like them. But what the Lord told Ezekiel, he said, I want you to hear the word at my mouth, and then I want you to warn them from me. And so I want tonight to talk about some things, and I want to use the example of Russian roulette. You know, there are things that are so spiritually dangerous that they're like playing Russian roulette. Now, if you don't know what Russian roulette is, it's a game apparently, apparently um, made in Russia years ago, where they would take a revolver with six cylinders and they'd put a bullet in one. They'd spin, or they would spin the cylinders, and and they'd put a bullet in in one of the chambers, and they would spin that and they would hold the gun up to their head as a dare, and pull the trigger. And you had a one out of six chance or five out of six chance that you would be okay. I would imagine, I have not read a lot about Russian Roulette, and I just for the record, I am against playing it. <laughs> but uh, I, I would imagine you would have to mix in drinking to make this game work, and also you would have to mix in uh, uh, probably young men for the most part who don't have any brains yet, and also daring people to do things. You're a chicken, ha, 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 watch this. You know, you're a chicken. No, I'm not. Okay, let's play Russian Roulette. That's the only thing I can figure because the game doesn't really make any sense. But Russian Roulette is a dangerous game, and there are things like that. Now, our society warns people about things, like our society warns people about the dangers of smoking, for instance. And um, smoking is dangerous to your health. It is. I think everybody knows that. It really is. But isn't it interesting how our society warns people about some things, but other things they don't warn people about? You know, this this concept that, you know, like for instance, our society makes this big stink about smoking, but they don't seem to make as big of a stink about drinking. Just lately there's been a big stink made about, the opiates, the prescription pain pills, heroin, and those things. I just read, an, I read a deal here uh, last week in the news It said that right now you are more likely to die from an opioid overdose than you are from a car accident as a United States citizen. That's amazing. That's an amazing statistic. I can't, I don't know how many people die of car accidents, but I know it's, I think it's like close to 100,000 a year in the United States, but there's a better chance now that you would die of an opioid addiction than you would of a car accident, and so our society is warning people about it, and and there's a lot of things like that, methamphetamines like that, you know, we're warning our children about it, and we should be, but there are other things that are not only bad for the body and the mind, but they're bad for the soul, they have eternal consequence let me let me turn your attention to 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verses 9 through 11 and by the way thank you for all your texting, I, I'll take a chance to read them here in a little bit but uh, people texting me tonight, you can be part of the program 701-290-7862 I just, I noticed earlier I got some Paulsons listening in Fargo, some Tauruses I got Yvonne listening in Bowman and she's going to be baptized next Sunday, I heard that excited I'm excited about that. Uh we've got some Lomans. We have got a Tristan Loman listening north of Belfield. Justin and and Becky and Jody from Harvey's listening. Brother Griffith is listening. Uh Lori from Southard is listening. We got a girl named Sierra from Arkansas listening tonight. Um the uh well this uh 1 Corinthians this is what Paul says chapter 6 verses 9 through 11. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Let me just stop there. Paul's asking a question. He said, don't you guys know that the unrighteous people are not going to heaven? Now, what's interesting about that question is there's a lot of religious people that don't know that. They think that somehow you can live unrighteously and still go to heaven because of what Jesus did on the cross. But let me let me continue to read this. Be not deceived, neither fornicators, idolaters, adulterers, effeminate, abusers of themselves with mankind, thieves, covetous, drunkards, revilers, extortioners, shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. Notice he didn't say such are some of you, but he said and such were some of you but you are washed, you are sanctified, you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. So, in this verse, Paul says, unrighteous living people are not going to go to heaven. They're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. And don't let anybody deceive you. Be not deceived. And then he names a bunch of stuff. Like, he didn't leave it to our imagination what unrighteousness means. Some people think unrighteous might mean... uh, you know, branding a cow because it, it hurts the cow. Maybe you think that's unrighteous. It's cruel to animals. Uh, people th- have all kinds of ideas what unrighteous means. Some people think Mrs. Pence is unrighteous for te- teaching at this Christian school. They think she's unrighteous. But here in 1 Corinthians 6, 9, and 11, it's one of the times, it's a list that Paul, the disciple that also wrote First Corinthians 13, where God, it says that, that uh, the love chapter, well, he also wrote here, and I'm telling you why, because... To truly love, you've got to be able to warn people about the pitfalls. He was telling us, he he wrote a list here of things that if we continue to act this way, we're not going to go to heaven. Uh, You know, I mean, I can look at this list. You know, I read it out of the King James, maybe a little hard to understand, but the word fornication, he said, neither fornicators. Now, these are people, nothing wrong with sex, God invented it, but he invented sex to be between to be between a man and a woman in marriage. So a fornicator is somebody that's having sex outside of that perimeter. So he said fornicators aren't going to heaven. That's what he said. People that are having sex outside of marriage aren't going to heaven. I didn't say it. Here again, I'm going to try to just, just hammer this into you. The Lord told Ezekiel, hear the word from me, and then you warn them. That's exactly what I'm doing on this radio broadcast tonight. I'm reading the word of God. And I'm telling you that if you're living in fornication, you're not going to go to heaven. Nor idolaters. Now this can mean people that use statues in their worship. And it could also be people that idolize other things. Possibly even Americans, sports heroes and movie stars and who knows what. Nor adulterers. Now this... This word is a specific type of fornication having to do with married people. You're married, you cheat on your spouse. You're an adulterer. You're, uh, you cheat on somebody else's married, you cheat with them. You're an adulterer. People that do those things are not going to heaven. It says, nor effeminate, nor, and I'm going to read these two together, nor abusers of themselves with mankind. This is talking about various forms of homosexuality. God said, Paul said, and we believe God inspired him to say this, that homosexuals are not going to heaven. But it's not because I said they're not going to heaven, and it's not because I don't want them to go to heaven. I'm not happy that they're not going to heaven. You see, don't call Pastor Bob hateful, whatever you do, because I'm not hateful. I just believe the Bible, and I'm trying to warn you That if you're living this lifestyle, you're not going to heaven. This isn't my opinion. This is what the Bible says. Then he goes on to say, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards. Notice that one. I'm going to come back to it. Nor revilers, nor extortioners (coughs) shall inherit the kingdom of God. And then he says, and such were some of you. People that attend our church in Dickinson used to do these things. Every single one on that list. Let me say it again, every single one on that list. They used to do those things, but they've been washed. They've been sanctified. They've been justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. How do I know that? Because that's what Peter said to do to be saved. Repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, washed for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. First Corinthians six eleven has got Acts two thirty eight all over it. You see, if you're playing with these things, you're playing Russian roulette. Let me read you another list. Galatians chapter five verses nineteen through twenty one. Now the works of the flesh are manifest. Manifest which are these? Adultery, fornication. Uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I've told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Paul is warning us. He was warning these people in in, in, in the Galatians. He was saying that people that do these things aren't going to heaven. It never changed. This is New Testament stuff. It's still in effect today. And, hey, why don't you play a quick song? I'm going to come back, and I'm going to use the example of drunkenness tonight to talk about Russian roulette. Playing with sin is Russian roulette.
5: The pulpit And the church building too Take everything
2: Old, that's a Lance Appleton song. I really like that song. It always makes me think of my pastor. This is Pastor Bob broadcasting live from Dickinson, North Dakota tonight. And um, thank you for all for listening. But um, the reason you can't kill the preacher and the man of God is because the preacher, if he's preaching the word of God, that preaching is going to keep going on. You can cut off John the Baptist's head, but he's going to keep on preaching. <laughs> Hello to Dave and Buddy in Fargo tonight. And um, hello to Carl and Jeannie down in Texas, and uh, just some others that have just texted me. Thank you so much for listening tonight. We've got, um, we're talking about Russian roulette, and I haven't really got to my example yet that I want to use tonight, but I'm going to use the example of drunkenness. In 1 Corinthians 6, it says, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? And then one of the things that he calls unrighteousness is drunkenness. In um, in Galatians chapter 5, he said that there's a group of things he mentioned, people that do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God, and one of those things is drunkenness. Drunkenness, um, wh- whether we call it alcoholism or, or binge drinking or whatever it is, being drunk, I guess we could call drunkenness, people that do such things aren't going to heaven. Now, that's going to come as a shock to many of you that are listening tonight, maybe not on Holy Ghost Radio, but many of the rest of you, because you think of drunkenness as a disease or you think of it as a um, something that's just a you know a personality defect but the Bible lists it in with groups of sins just like murder tonight this afternoon I was reading a bunch of stuff about drinking and the danger of drinking and how seven percent of all deaths worldwide have to do with drinking worldwide seven percent. It's a lot. Um, you know, they're, 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 it's um, a huge amount of crime is committed with people under the effects of drinking. Do you realize that? I'm talking about terrible crimes like child molestation, um, crimes of violence are committed during bouts of drinking. And you know it's true. No, don't, don't fight me on this. You know it's true. I read a statistic in church, and i you know i I tried so hard to look it up, and I hate to quote it because I couldn't find my source. I mentioned it in church I kind of wished I wouldn't have just because I couldn't find the source, but it was a huge percentage of people now when I say huge, you know not not like fifty percent, but I mean a big percentage of people who start to drink become alcoholics. And if the Bible's right, which I believe it is, and people that are living the life of alcoholism die like that, they'll be lost. So my question to you Christians out there that think you can drink occasionally, isn't that just like playing Russian roulette? Let's just say, for easy figuring... That one out of six people that starts drinking becomes an alcoholic. Well, here again, I read some very interesting statistics tonight. Um, very, very interesting statistics on on the uh, how many. Do you know that 40% of drinkers in the United States binge drink more than five times a month? I was just reading that. That was put out by some, you know, looked like a reputable deal. Here again, these aren't Christian resources. This is like world health resources, those type of things. Forty percent of the drinkers in the United States binge drink five times a month. Now, most of those are men. Drinking affects alcoholism, for some reason, affects men more than women. I know it doesn't seem like that should be true, but it still is, worldwide anyway. Plenty of women alcoholics. But there is... Like when the Bible says that drunkenness would be one of the sins that could cause you to be lost. Why wouldn't a Christian pastor warn people not to start? You know, this, this, uh, P- Pastor Bob is like, people think, you know, I've heard people say all kinds of stuff about me. You know, like, like it only bothers me if they say I'm hateful. That, that If you want to get under my skin, say that I'm hateful because I'm not. I don't care who you are. If I was hateful, I'd never go to the jail and hang out with those guys. I mean, I'm not hateful towards anybody, anyone. I'm not. You know, like these guys get out of jail. We try to help them in every way we can. Some of them have committed all kinds of terrible things. You know, we want to help them. That's what we want to do. But you're not going to help anybody by not telling them the truth. You're not going to help people if you if you won't tell them what they need to do, what they're doing wrong. And drinking... And drunkenness, especially, is something that would take you to hell if you don't change it. If you don't repent and ask the Lord to help you, it's not like you're just a drinker and, oh, that was too bad. But no, it's it's one of the sins that's mentioned. Let me just say it again. Drunkenness, Paul said, they that do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. You Bible believers out there, I'm telling you, right out of the New Testament, Paul said, he said, know you not, the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. And he said, neither drinkers, <coughs> drunkards. You see, this, this, is, um, this is like playing Russian roulette. I was reading about, uh, recently about a Christian singer named Russ Taff. Russ Taff is a very famous Christian singer, and he's got an exceptional voice. He, uh, there's a lot to the story, (coughs) and I'm not going to uh, tell all the story, but Russ Taft took his first drink when he was 26 years old. He was a Christian singer. He wasn't a Pentecostal, but he was a Christian singer. And he took his first drink, and he immediately got hooked by his own admission. My question is, why in the world aren't Christian churches preaching that, that Christians shouldn't drink? When a, you know, if one out of six that starts drinking becomes an alcoholic, that's exactly like playing Russian Roulette. I've got Abe, one of my grandsons, sitting in the studio here. I don't, I'm not going to embarrass him on the air, but I don't think he's ever drank anything alcohol in his life. Why would you start? You know, like what is the benefit? If it's true, Abe, that one out of six people starts, that starts becomes an alcoholic, Why would you start? You know, like, why wouldn't you thank God for going to a church where they warn you? You see, what we are living in a world of upside-down stuff. The people that love us, we're being told hate us. But the people that don't care about us, we're being told they love us and accept us. You see, this is backwards. It's upside-down. To call Mrs. Pence hateful because she believes marriage should be between a man and a woman, that's not hateful. Number one, she 's an American, she can believe that, and number two, that 's what the Bible says. she didn't make that up that wasn't you know some of these people think there must be no Christians in the world. The book of Hosea says that wine and new wine. And fornication take away the heart. That's why God hates drinking. Because addictive substances can become like a God to us. And will serve them instead of him. That's why God hates things like that. He doesn't hate people, but he hates things like that. Are you playing Russian roulette with sin? Would anybody in their right mind play Russian roulette? No. But people are playing Russian roulette with drinking. People are playing Russian roulette with pornography. You know, I don't want to I don't want to uh, offend your sensibilities, but <coughs> we're pumping pornography into our little boys at a very young age today. We're just pumping it into them. And we wonder why our prisons are filling up with sex criminals. I mean, does it take a rocket scientist to figure this out? Is there, are there any sociologists out there listening to me, to me tonight? Like, I didn't get your degree. I didn't go to school to get your degree, but I got this figured out. 10, 11, 12, 13, 14-year-old boys seeing hardcore pornography is not good for them. In fact, it's not good for anybody. So, why in the world wouldn't we stop it? Families sit down together and watch movies that have nudity, violence, sex in the movies. And they've gotten used to it. It's like playing Russian Roulette. It really is. Well, this is the Tell It Like It Is radio show. Pastor Bob Sick, he sounds grouchy, but he's not really grouchy. Um, the, um, You can text me tonight. Abe's going to give out some info. You can text me tonight, 701-290-7862.
6: Well, this is a tell-like-it-is radio broadcast coming to you live from Dickinson, North Dakota. We're from the New Life Pentecostal Church here in Dickinson, and um, you can visit our church um, every Sunday morning at 10 o'clock a.m. is when it starts, and there's Sunday school from 10 o'clock to Ten fifty, and then there's um, a worship service starts at eleven o'clock a.m. every Sunday morning. And the address to our church is five hundred one Elks Drive, Dickinson, North Dakota. Um, we also have a service on Wednesday night at seven thirty p.m. That's the New Life Pentecostal Church. Um, if you're from the Beulah area and you want to go to an Apostolic Church, you can visit the Truth Community Church. Um, they have sun or service every Sunday morning at 10:30 a.m. and Wednesday night at 7:30 or 7 o'clock um, Wednesday night p.m. and uh, the address to the Truth Community Church in Beulah, North Dakota is 220 Third Street Northwest, um, and that's in Beulah, North Dakota. The Truth Community Church. Also in Beach, every Tuesday night there is a a midweek service, 7.30 p.m. at the Beach Community Center. That's an apostolic service led by Brother Joe Hostetler. And you are welcome to visit that. That's at the Beach Community Center every Tuesday night, 7.30 p.m. Also, um, there's a midweek service in Bowman every Thursday night. And Brother Seth is the pastor there, Seth Springer. And... um you can visit their church. It's the Cornerstone Apostolic Church, um, and it, the address to that church is 18 North Main. That's in Bowman, North Dakota. Every Thursday night, 7:30 p.m. Um, if you'd like more information about any of the things I just mentioned, you can call Pastor Bob Simons or text him. His cell phone number is seven zero one two nine zero seven eight. Six two or you can email him his email is robert simons fifty eight at gmail dot com
2: you know what Abe um, while I was having you read all that, I realized we don 't have to quit that early tonight. We started late, so we're, this program is going to go till about nine fifteen nine twenty tonight because of that. There was a football game that that uh, prevented us from starting on time, and so we we 've got some extra time tonight i don 't know if it 's going to be on Holy Ghost radio all that time, but But at least locally here it will be and on the internet, kdix.net. I've got a text from a lady named Jody that's definitely in agreement with me. She said, Amen, God is so good. Two months clean and sober on the 18th. When you're not in your right mind, Russian roulette sounds good. Getting away from praying and reading your Bible and listening to the voices in your life that don't want you to make it will definitely put you in your wrong mind. Don't let it get that far. And uh, so true. It is so true. You know, um, let me uh, let me just say this. I'm going to pick up where I left off. I, for some reason, I forgot, Abe, and I thought the program was over, but it's not. We got some time here. Um, I was reading an article. I get a, a deal on my email. That's it's called One Source News. It's a Christian news source, and there's some pretty good articles on there. But it's not from a Pentecostal standpoint. It's from a kind of more of a broad Christian standpoint, and so I want, and that, that has something to do with what I want to say here. This is what it goes on to say. Christian youth leaders across the United States know that most teenagers will drop out of church when they become young adults. But a new study by LifeWay Research confirms this unfortunate truth. According to the study, 66% of American young adults who attend a Protestant church regularly say they stopped between the ages of 18 and 22. Now, that's two-thirds. And this article goes on to, you know, just say some good things, and and you know, uh, the person who wrote the article is kind of going the right direction. But I read that, and I'm not going to maybe say a lot more more about it. But he did go on to say that a pro- the problem with youth ministry ministry is it's got to it's got to be more than pizza, paintball, and Pepsi. <laughs> and I thought that's true. But you know, the guy that wrote this article, <coughs> did it ever occur to you? <clears throat> that maybe it's young people who don't have adults in their life giving them direction about maybe what they should be exposing themselves to i mean like maybe ungodly influences in the home are the problem you know i've had uh you know i've i've had the uh, um blessing in my life not to have a television set in my home for the last 40 years and I don't watch Hollywood movies. My kids grew up that way. Um, My grandkids are growing up that way now and there's a reason for that because when you fill your mind with all that garbage and then when you reach that magical age of 18 or get out of high school. The things of God aren't very important to you. You see, I think that one of the greatest causes of young people being lost is is stupid parents that let their children just do whatever. Got the TV in the bedroom. Uh, got their own phone with no, no uh, you know, oversight. And children, you know, I... Believe me, I know what I'm talking about. I, my wife and I have taken, uh, I don't know, I don't even know where to start. We've taken many children into our home over the years, many many teenage children, for various reasons. And nothing is as discouraging to me as children who grew up in Pentecostal homes, or, or homes where the tr- parents went to a Pentecostal church, I should say. But the children are so full of of the world, that they they don't really understand the things of God. In some ways, they've been immunized against the truth because they've gotten a little bit of it. That's what an immunization is. It's just giving you a little bit of it to where your body will begin to fight it. And they've been vaccinated against the truth through worldliness. I think it's like playing Russian Roulette. You know, um, over the years, I've talked to many people. I, I I've talked to, um, I mean, just many, many people. I've had many people tell me that my stand about television and Hollywood is a good stand. I've met Catholic people that tell me that is awesome. I've met people from that don't even go to church that think it's a good idea. Like what a waste of time that stuff is. But occasionally I meet people that are Christian-type people that are trying to tell me that something's wrong with this idea. But there's nothing wrong with the idea. You know, this this concept, here again, if you hear from the Lord, like Ezekiel said, and then warn him. <clears throat> okay, so for instance, in Romans chapter 1, it names a whole list of sins, kind of like these two that I just read you, kind of like that. And then Paul said to the Romans, he said, And not only those that do those things are in danger of judgment, but those that take pleasure in them that do them. Now, Paul couldn't have possibly known about TV back then. But his words certainly apply to TV. Plain Russian roulette with our mind, playing Russian roulette with our children. If you love God, there ought to be something if you've got a TV in your home there ought to be something inside of you that when that thing comes on the the Holy Ghost ought to get inside of you and you go shut that thing off and I'll tell you what, if I had my way you'd go throw it out because there's just a bunch of trash on there for the most part. You see, we've got to be careful. We've got to understand there, there, there are Christianity, and it's not all about what I'm talking about tonight. This is just one facet, one portion, one angle. But part of Christianity is to warn people. Like if your mind is full of immorality, and you came to me and said, Pastor, I need to talk to you. Man, my mind is full of immorality. I'd say, well, why don't you quit, quit looking at porn? I don't hate anybody for saying that. I'm trying to help people. <laughs> you know, you, you, we've got to, you know, that there is a, this, this um you know, this idea that when this, I read this article, 66% or two-thirds of kids that grow up in Protestant churches end up leaving the church from 18 to 22. I thought, that's pathetic. You know, I'll tell you what a weird prayer I have. As a pastor, one of my prayers that I pray is that God let every family that comes to this church faithfully, every single one, let their children live for you, all of them. That seems like a pretty tough bill, especially when you factor in free will. (coughs) But that's my prayer. I don't want to lose anybody. I don't want to lose one-third of them. And I think if we properly warn people, it's going to do a lot better than just letting them do whatever they want. There was a famous man named David Wilkerson in the 60s. He started um, a thing called Teen Challenge, and I know some of you have heard of that. But when I first became a Christian, I read some of his books. Um, I think The Cross and the Switch played. There was another one called Run, Baby Run, by a guy named Nicky Cruz. I read some of his books. But in one of the books I read, and I've been quoting this ever since then. David Wilkerson did a survey of people in New York City that lived on the street. These were prostitutes, heroin addicts, pimps, drug addicts, gang members. Okay. And he said in one word can you in one word can you describe the establishment? Well in the sixties, the word establishment meant the police, the schools, your parents, the establishment. Because there was a thing called a hippie movement going on and everybody was rebelling against normal. And in one word, the one word that kept coming up over and over and over again was the word cowards. These street people said the establishment were afraid to tell us that we were wrong. What a shame. What a shame. Let me say it again. If you're living in wickedness, how could you repent if you didn't know you were living in wickedness? How could you repent if you didn't know what wickedness was? How could you repent? Here again, this has nothing to do with Pastor Bob's opinion. It has a lot to do with God's opinion. You know, one of them. Sometimes I'll read uh, different Bible versions, and, and I'll tell you they sometimes they shed light on on the Bible for me. And one of them, I was reading one day. Do you remember all the kings that are listed? In First and Second Kings, First and Second Chronicles. Well, in the King James Version, it would name these kings, and then it would say, and they did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord. Or they did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. Do you ever read that, Abe? Over and over. Like, it would name a king, there was probably, how many kings are there? Forty of them? Something like that are mentioned between both kingdoms. And it said... And they would always say, and they did, and Asa did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. Ahab did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord. Well, in the Living Bible, or one of the versions that I read, it said, in God's opinion, he did evil. In God's opinion, he did good. And I thought, you know what? It doesn't matter what anybody else's opinion is. What does God think of you? And the way you're going to get God to think good of you is you're going to have to start doing what he said. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. You know I mean, why is there this big thing in Christianity to say, well, you're talking about righteousness, Pastor Bob, and we're not saved by works and we're saved by the blood and and you know you you know you don't try so hard and you don't listen. You know we I pastor a bunch of people that are trying to do what's right. Is there something wrong with that? Now, do they fail? Yeah. Yeah. Does Pastor Bob ever fail? Yeah. But I'm not going to stay there and then use some kind of a weird Bible excuse to stay there. Well, you know, we're all sinners. I mean, I'm so sick of that taken in the wrong way. Yeah, we're all sinners. Let me just tell you again. Paul said it. Yeah, you're all sinners. Such were some of you. He said, but you are washed, you are sanctified, you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. You can live victoriously for God. You can live above sin for God. You can. And don't let anybody tell you you can't. Any of those voices, any of those religious voices out there telling you you can't are wrong. Because you can I'm going to listen to the voice of truth in my life. I'm going to listen to those voices. That's what I'm going to listen to. Let me read one more scripture in Revelation 21. As you've noticed, we're going a little late. We started late because uh, here at the AM station I'm at, we were preempted by a football game <coughs> that went <coughs> a few minutes <coughs> into our start time. Revelation 21, verse 7 through 8. And, and I want to just thank everybody that's texted me and listening tonight, I didn't even check my emails, I I should, I, I will after the program, I never got a chance to, Revelation 21, 7 through 8, he that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God and he shall be my son, but the fearful and unbelieving and abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death you see don't play Russian roulette with sin (coughs) you know don't take your chances with sin because sin can get a hold of you do you know this that sin can get a hold of you to the point where you won't even understand the grace of God anymore why would you play with that I know backsliders folks that don't understand the grace of God I know backsliders that used to know God, and now they're like, I don't think God can forgive me. You know why? Because their mind has been darkened. You know, this, uh, I'm done. Don't play Russian roulette with sin. You know, before I pray, I just want to make this announcement. Next week, we've got two men that are going to be doing my broadcast. Uh, there's a man named Doug and a man named John, and uh, they have a testimony of how God delivered them from drugs. And they listen. I know Doug listens to this broadcast weekly, and uh, these are friends of mine, both of them. And so it's going to be an interesting program next week. Pastor Bob probably won't even say a word. He's going to have to run that thing. I don't know if I'll even be here. but I'm, I might be here, but I'm, I'm not going to say much because uh, these guys have a lot to say. So tune in next week for that. Uh, Doug and John are going to be giving their testimony of John spent time in prison for meth issues. And uh, he and Doug were friends together. And it's just a really neat story how they, um, how they ended up coming to this Acts 238 message. Lord Jesus, tonight, as we close the broadcast, <coughs> I just pray that you'll help us. Lord, number one, help us not be upset at people that are trying to help us. Lord, I pray that you would work in our lives and show us, God, that the people that love us the most are the ones that are going to try to tell us if we're going in the wrong direction. And I just pray that you'll stop us from fighting against that and that we would actually look for that. We just pray tonight in the name of Jesus that you would just help each one of us pray in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening tonight. Different program, different timing. But uh, next week, be back for another Tell It Like It Is program. Should be at 8.06 Mountain Time next week. God bless you. I know in you
4: I can be strong. You are my Lord.